Hello everyone, my name is Nathan Fair, and this is Debating for America's Youth. So once again, this is my second podcast, you can go check out my first one, it's on public speaking, talking about the actual debate portion. So this works if you've ever given a speech and have people ask you questions, if you've ever been in cross-examination for an official speech in the debate tournament, or had questioning for any other event. In most forms of debate, it's not just about the speech, but then the reciprocal questioning period. So I'm going to be uh, going through um, and talking about the different tips and tricks that you have for asking questions and answering questions uh, in today's blog. So I get this off of my actual online blog, debatingyouth.wordpress.com, so definitely go check that out. But I'm going to be going through, this is going to be an extended version where I'm going to go through uh, all types of questioning and go through so everyone can better understand questioning and cross-examination. So we're going to start with the first one, which is, if previous speakers or previous people who have spoken um, has said stated something in their speech that directly refutes a case or a point, and then someone brings it up, you're going to want to say, quote, if previous senators or in my last speech or my part in my blah, blank, then what do you have to say to that? Because a lot of the times, if someone's giving a speech, they'll want to try to dodge the actual point or the question. And so it's really good to trap them in it by directly imposing it onto it. Because in speech and debate, the main point, and also in other events, the main point is to make sure you're refuting and not just giving speeches. And so if you drop a case, you and then they're a little bit scared or nervous to address it, you just directly confront them. So then the, other, the outcomes are either they stutter through it, and they don't know what to say, or they have to answer your question. So it's a great way to confront someone and make them kind of trip up, especially if they didn't answer in their speech, you know they're dodging it. So directly question them on something that they purposely missed. Another point is, if me and my partner can prove blank, then will you stand on our side? So a lot of the tongue brings up in their speech and they're like, you know what, I, I do not stand for this point or I, I'm against this because of blank. And then if you have direct research that can prove that that blank or whatever that thing is, is actually something that's true, then you can say, listen, if I can prove blank in my speech, then we stand on our side. So for instance, if someone is talking about Trump's wall and they're like, well, it's going to cost trillions of dollars. Then if you can say, listen, Senator, if I can bring up today in my in my next speech that the wall is actually not going to cost us trillions of dollars, will you stand in the end or the negation? And then they'll have to be forced to say either yes or no. And if they say yes, that's great because you can actually how say listen like my my opponents brought up this and i asked them in cross-examination or in questioning if they would concede if i brought up this point and i will bring up this point and then you bring it up and then they have to concede to your argument or it makes you look better and them look worse and if they do if they do say no like no that will not then you can be like listen that's their argument so since they don't have an argument anymore my point stands and you must vote the affirmation and the negation. So it's a good way to trap people into, especially if you have some research. If you don't have research to prove something or disprove something, don't use this tip. This is only if you have direct refutation that something they're saying is actually not true. So another great one is show me an example of this happening. So if someone says, listen, you know, this is harming the inner city children, then you go, okay, Senator, or okay, can you show me an example of this happening? It's a great way to make someone concede that their argument is hypothetical. And it, this is especially better if you actually have physical proof that whatever you're talking about is actually something that's true and actually happening. Then you could be like, okay, great, Senator. So what you're saying is your entire case is hypothetical. And then they have to concede yes or no. And you can be like, listen, let me tell you in direct effect. And like I talked about in my last blog, or in my last 
podcast, everything should be impacted in bodies or dollars. So human lives or money. And so if you can impact it better than they can and show you the, an, an actual effect of this, an actual example of this, where this actually did have an impact, then your impact stands and you're more likely to win the debate or the argument. So make sure that you're able to impact it in bodies or dollars and then make sure that you ask them and find examples of this happening in countries and other states and smaller scale examples so you can be like, look, this is going to be the true impact of today's debate. It's a great way to win the argument. So another way you can do this, which is tip number four, is you, if someone, this is only if someone's standing against the point or standing against the proponent. So what do you propose instead? This is a great way to prove that the whole lesser of two evil things is actually true. Because a lot of the times people will stand against it for, you know, it's going to harm children, it's going to do all this, and you'd be like, sure. So what's the solution? Because a lot of the times people will just stand in negation of something and they won't have a solution. And then if this is only if you're standing in the, standing in the affirmation, then you can be like, look, I can actually prove today why this is this might not be the perfect solution, but it's the solution in today's debate. Or you can say, look, today's senators, yes, there are other solutions, and that's why we should impose this and also impose the other solution. So whatever it is, you're able to get them to concede to your argument, but also make sure that you're able to trap them if they don't actually have another solution and make your solution look better, even if you don't have a very strong plan. Okay, uh, another important point is what impact will doing this or not doing this have on the people of America? Uh, this is for Congress, but you could also say on the moral grounds of America. So whatever it is, you want to pretty much, if they're, I brought this up earlier, but if they're not really impacting their argument, straight up just ask for an impact. Because if you have a very strong impact of, let's just say, for example, illegal immigrants uh, come to America, they get jobs, and they send back $69 billion to their home country. So you're like, look, Senator, what's the impact in today's debate? You gave this great speech, but what's the impact? Then they can be like, uh, I don't know. Or they can give an impact. And you can be like, look, they talk about $2 billion um, and blah, blah, blah. But I have shown you an impact of $69 billion which directly impact the lower income Americans and the small businesses. So whatever it is, either you can you can say you can weigh your argument. So say my impact directly outweighs my opponents. Or you can say, look, he doesn't even provide an impact. And I can show you a clear plan for how my impact outweighs your impact. So that's a very good solution. Another another question would be, okay, so tell me why this is not an actual solution. So if you do have a, an area where this actually does work, so you've shown where whatever, whatever actually has happened, you can be like, okay, so let's just say, for, for example, in Norway, where um, they have prisons that are actually a lot less, you know, scary and a lot more nice. You'd be like, look, so today, Senator, you say we need more strict and cruel prisons. Why is the case in Norwegia, Norway not worked? So you can force them to directly answer to a case or an example that you have to make them say, well, I don't know. And unless they have researched it a lot, then you're easily able to trap them because you're able to point to something actually in specific and say, look, why is this not worked? And they could be like, well, it's an outlier. They could be like, look, it's not an outlier, and this is exactly the plan we have today. So it's a great way to get someone to concede your argument. So now... A lot of these things are really hard for you to answer, but let me go through a couple. So my first one I brought up, if previous senators had said blank in their last speech, what do you say to that? Well, I actually do have an argument a, 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 an argument against that. The first way is if you hear someone bring up something in their speech, make sure to try to think of an answer to that on the spot. But if not, you can always say, listen, 
um, Senator Blank brought up this, but my argument outweighs. So if it comes to it, you can just weigh your arguments and say your benefits or your uh, harms outweigh the other person's. Like, once again, impacts. If you just can make your impact stronger, then if you don't have an answer, or you can say, listen, my research has not brought me to this, but um, I have shown you more cases, and my opponent has only shown you few cases. So you can just say, I've shown you more, or my impacts are more. If someone says, if me and my partner, or if I can prove, um, if I can prove blank in my speech, will you be on my side? Then you, when you in the public speaking, you should have around two or three contentions. So if you only have one contention, then yes, you should, you should, you should not even agree. But you should always say no because you're never conceding ground in questioning times. That's a very, very important time. So you say no because Senator, I've shown you another case of this happening in my second contention. So even if they disprove one of your contentions, you can still say no. And for the second of reasons of my second contention, you will still stand in negation or an affirmation. So you can pretty much say, look, that's yes, that you show me one case. But that's not the only case. You can say no. So when say an example of this happening, um, and you only have hypotheticals, a great answer to this would be: Look, there is no, there's been no clear evidence of this working or not working. And so instead, we must look to what people have predicted and the impact that, like, you can if you have like the Brookings Institute or anything like that, or like the Harvard studies or or New York Times, you say, look, the New York Times predicts that this is going to happen. So we have no clear evidence it's going to work or not work, but we do have we do have the overwhelming you know, scientific community, the, you know, all these communities that actually do say this is going to happen. So even if you don't have an example, you say, look, there's no physical example, but, but there's no example on either side, so we must look to the next best thing. Um, what about if someone says, what do you propose instead? Well, what you can say is, look, in the status quo, this is happening. Like, let's just say like 10 billion kids are dying. Oh, that's terrible. Let's just, something's happening. But you can say, look, this is actually going to go down. So you can just say, look, the status quo is what's happening right now. So you can say, look, in the status quo, it might not be perfect, but it's not going it, to, this is going to regress us. So you can pretty much just say, look, the status quo might not be the perfect solution, but it's better than regressing. I'd rather pass another bill. I'd say, Senator, if you don't find this, uh, you could say, look, we would love to work past another bill on another day, but this is just simply a train wreck of a bill. So you can dodge the question if it comes to it. And or if you do have a better solution, propose it. Okay, and the la and uh, second to last, what impact would doing this or not doing this have? So if you do forget to impact your legislation, you can always just look at the big number, the glaring number on your page that you've been going back to, whether it's uh, maybe it's eight hundred thousand kids, maybe it's a couple billion, whatever the number is that it has a million or a billion attached, or even a thousand, you want to hit that number and say, this is the impact in today's debate. So whether it's however much money it's going to cost, how much money it's not going to cost, whatever it is, that's your impact. So make sure you hit the bodies or dollars like I talked about before. Um, and then finally, um, you want just, just overall, you want to make sure that if you don't have an answer to questions, you dodge it. And you want to make sure you're asking questions because questions is a very important part. And these are not all the questions you can ask. You can ask questions just to trip up someone, ask a random question. Make sure you're not like prefacing, which is putting information that's not previously stated into your questions. So don't be like, well, you know, a New York Times said blah, 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 said this. What do you say to that? You have to phrase it in a different way, or if it's brought up previous speeches, you can use that. But make sure you're not using it. And now, this is mainly for speech and debate, uh, specifically Congress debate, 
but this could be used in, in your workplace, uh, whether it's in a presentation, it's whether it's in a formal argument, or maybe it's in an informal argument. But these tricks can be used wherever. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. As always, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow my blog, um, also follow my podcast, which is anchor.com fm slash debating youth and my blog debating youth.wordpress.com um definitely follow us uh we have a live class that's actually coming up um if you live in uh, north carolina you guys should definitely come out it's in january 26th so check us out on facebook where the actual event is which is at debating youth so definitely check it out um i'll have a link in the description for the actual sign up so you guys should definitely check it out uh thank you guys so much i really hope this helped you guys and i hope um all of you guys have a fantastic week please ask me questions i would love to help you with your speech and debate rounds and have a great day.